0: Those are the six that when I really went through the list and I said, you know, what um, what do I really want to give more of a chance? What do I want to take extra time on? This card absolutely gets better, right? Like every time a new sure. character gets printed, this card sure. gets better. I think this like sure. six cost, six, six, inkable with two lore. And uh, I, I'm labeling this, uh, are you playing these cards? Um there's six of them here. We're going to run through them. And these are six cards that I think it's one per ink. And I think they're cards that either are in certain decks, but they're absolutely not in enough decks. Uh, so our okay. first card and is Megara. So Megara is almost exclusively played in Emerald Amethyst decks. It's really hard to find her anywhere else. And my opinion is that you should be playing this in all your Emerald decks.
1: <laughs> so okay. this, is a,
0: this is a character that, like, just does so much at a two cost. And her biggest fault is that you don't, you almost never want to play her on turn two. And I think that's maybe the reason why you're not seeing more of this card, unless you're on the draw, uh, you know, playing against Amber with protective cubs and you have Olaf. Like that's the only time you really want to see this play card on turn two. Aside from that, this card is way closer to like, honestly, it's probably like a turn four. Or, or turn five most of the time um and i think maybe that's why more people aren't seeing it but she's inkable so like just you know if you don't need her on turn two or turn three or even turn four she's the perfect card to ink but when you have the opportunity to blow your opponent out with a random plus two that's incredible the other concept here uh in this will be more of a how will it stack in the ruling world but in a world where we get more cards that like increase uh you know dreamborn strength or something like that oh no this does say specifically plus two i thought it said her so never mind not the same but um it's more or less the the effect that this card allows all of your lower curve cards to trade up it allows cards like Cheshire cat and when in doubt a Cusco or a mad hatter if you have to a hans going to five power can make a difference also like they're like they're plays that your opponent just never expects you to make. And sometimes when you literally just make them, your opponent's like, wait a minute, Like, what just happened? And I think that's what this card creates. It, cre- it creates this like flip-the-script play that most players are never planning for.
1: And that's why I think it just needs to be played in more Emerald decks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you can even... I see a lot of lists to play, like, three of them, two of them. Like if you if you played four of them, not only was she, like you said, ink, but like you can have a situation where you save you can play two of them in the same turn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In yeah. the late
1: game. And like can you imagine like Rapunzel becomes a five five? Like, you know, like things like that. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's I don't think her stats matter. No. Like, I understand that she gets she gets like mowed down by AoE, but like So, I mean, yes, she's collateral damage to a lot of this AOE and stuff like that. But like, so is any any two drop that you play. So like, Flynn Rider gets AOE down by by grab Your Swords also. So like, we right. not play him, like you know like. So yeah, I I think she's I think she's very good. Yeah, I I think she's uh I think she's criminally underplayed in all honesty. I, uh, I mean, we we we've reached a point where people don't want to keep damage characters in play because of Rapunzel. Right, And so, like, I permit me to put un- put the damage output on characters above, like, to the critical level, I think is really important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at, too. All right, so our second card here is Kronk. And to go back to the last segment, um, I think Kronk could also just be played over to Cobb because, again, if, like, Resist comes into play, then you're like your Takaza six cost with only four strength realistically or less. Uh, and although, and, and at the end of the day, it's also a five five. I think this like sure, six sure. cost, six six inkable with two lore trades with like uh Elsa, uh, Aladdin, and lives Um, like honestly, a very fair portion of the current metagame this guy just lives like he just he just hangs around so like this is a card that i see a lot of decks trying to go higher in like the mid-range um like amber steel decks right like when i wrote nowhere it was a little bit of joke i know i've seen this like maybe in one of the amber steel decks that top eight like literally maybe one of them uh aside from that it's not seeing much play whatsoever but like, I do think that you know, amber steel, the amber, amber steel mid range deck could utilize this card. The sapphire steel, the sapphire steel decks can utilize this card. Emerald steel decks can use this card. And honestly, a deck that we haven't seen in a couple weeks, amethyst steel can utilize this card. Like, his potential and challenging is so great that he just gets to live to tell the tale. Like, uh, he is the ultimate right hand man. honestly, because. It, it, not there's just not a lot of cards to trade with him on par and most of them are going to be after he does something so like i don't care if maui comes in and, and gets rid of this guy it's like i've already removed something from play probably like I, i'm already ahead sure. so sure i don't know i i think this is one of the cards that at six costs for what he's doing what he's representing everyone mostly looks at that and goes oh he's a vanilla and he's not good but when you start realizing that he can just flat out take certain characters out of the game and like force really awkward trades for your opponents, he's a really underplayed character.
1: It's just an effect of like ruby amethyst poisoning people's minds that like you can't play a character that costs over over dragon Fired away, but like that deck is seeing less play. I mean, he helps you Things like Ursula and things like that. Like he still represents a card that they need to take out. Mm-hmm. And if you have a critical mass of cards they need to take out, like you are gonna have run. For them. Right. So like an empty board. You know, again, like you said, like sure Maui can take him out, but Maui's probably gone from the hand. Like they 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 play so many uninkables that chances are they might not have two of them or something like that. So like I don't know. He represents a pretty decent threat, and a, against a large swath of the rest of the. Men, Probably gonna get you like a three for one. Yeah. Easily. So yeah,
0: I mean like in the mirror, this card's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking for like a card out of the deck to be like to leverage mirror play, because if you you like Amber Steel might keep going up in popularity, yeah. This card's real good in the mirror. Like it's just like yeah doesn't doesn't instantly die to Tinkerbell, you know, like the double grab your swords play, he's still hanging out, like he's just yep. he's just there. <laughs> like, yep. he's, he requires exactly. a lot, and he also fills the void of. Sometimes it's really hard for you to like swing up with a lot of strength. This guy just has six strength, like on an inkable character. When he's bad, send him the inkwell, whatever. When he's good, he's gonna be dominating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so our next card is Cinderella, gentle and kind. Um, this is the first one on here where I actually like. People ask me all the time. I don't have Rapunzel's. What do I do? And. This is sadly this is not Rapunzel, right like it's just it's not no, but not. but uh the singer Five ability does make this card unique um it does allow you to do really fun things early on in the game, and then uh, you know the wonderful dream like that's you you' you're never doing that if I'm being honest like that's I would be shocked if that's what you end up doing uh with this ever, card ever I'm not saying that I haven't seen it happen. But I'm saying you probably shouldn't do it, and two lore is almost worth it most most times. Um, But yeah, I've seen this very occasional in, like, the aggro um, Amber Steel decks that, like, honestly, like, I think this was, like, really early on where people just didn't have Rapunzel's yet, and then they just realized that Rapunzel's just a good card all the time, regardless of it. But if you're looking for a budget option to, you know, specifically two rapunzel and this card is great um if you're looking for another way to sing cards like this is the same thing like same argument of um you know like not playing rockstar stitch or like in the amber sapphire decks that aren't playing ariel this is another way to like sing let it go and still have like a full turn on turn five and things like that um so i i think there's some niche playability i don't think this card's like ever a four of like not in that kind. For what's worth, I don't think any of the cards so far that I've spoken about are like trait four other than like Megara is, is a difference maker. But most of the cards in this list are just like niche things that you should attempt to include uh in your decks. And I think this is one of them that like it's a two-five with two lore, it costs four, it has the ability to to like exert up to five for you know the grab your swords, a whole new world, let it goes. Uh, you know, the list goes deeper, like eventually will go deeper. It's another card that over time we talked about the singer will just get better but um do you like do you think that like this card could see more play you know more commonly or you just think it's it's just too budget for the most part
1: no i think it's good um i think it's a good backup to i mean it's it's, it's <laughs> she just suffers from really i mean to be honest with you um but i mean five willpower is a lot two is i mean she's not there to challenge she's there to be challenged so two is not insignificant when you're playing in a deck with Tinkerbell, like any damage you can do is is, is decent damage. This is my argument for Moana earlier. Um that we talked about. Um, so to me, I mean, five is a lot of willpower and two lore is I mean, this is better than a three, four, two in my opinion. Um sure. so like if so if you want a decent mid range threat that like, you know, isn't insignificant, I mean like, you know, she survives combat with power characters etc like i think she's i think she's fine i think she's a decent character on curve um even in aggro decks like five like again in Warcana, the willpower that is more of the aggro stat than than because it keeps you around and allows you to, to quest more and five is a lot right and you know if you're if you're on the play she should be able to swing at least twice and you're getting right. value out of it so right yeah i think
0: um I just think it's one of those ones that we just, you know, we don't see enough, uh, in all honesty. So, um, if you are hanging out tonight and you haven't yet, smash the like button for me if you're watching the video. After the fact, comment, let me know, uh, you know, your your opinions of the current cards going on um, and we're talking about. And we got three more to go here. Scott, we have White Rabbit's Pocket Watch. Now, this is another card that I was going to specifically mention. Um, you know, in the last segment about cards that get better. This card absolutely gets better, right? Like, every time a new character gets printed, this card gets better. But you look around the landscape and people have come to the realization that this card is, like, a necessary evil in Ruby Amethyst. Why is it not seeing more play outside
1: of Ruby Amethyst? I mean, I don't know what Amethyst can really do if you don't play this card. Only (laughs) have Rafiki? Like, I don't really know what else it can do. So I think the issue, I think the reason why it doesn't see a lot of play outside of Ruby Amethyst is because everyone just thinks of, like, the the Aladdin play. Yeah. But in reality, like, again, if you can afford to take the turn off, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a full turn. If you can afford to take most of a turn off, I would assume, 3-Ink, like, from now on, you like, every card you play represents a threat. Like, if you play Elsa on 9, she's probably going to take out something, like... Yeah as she as she exerts them down um so to me like I, I mean sure is Ursula gonna do a whole lot with her two strength like probably not but like you're playing some other uh color so whether it's ruby or whether it's steel whether whether it's you know whatever to me this is this is a premium amethyst card yeah so i don't know like any in my opinion any amethyst deck should be running this is a reason you run out like i think Gaston is a premium ruby card for example like it's just not something you think about because you're like doesn't cost like you know isn't legendary and doesn't have three lore or whatever but to me this is like a reason to play amethyst
0: yeah so uh, a lot of the other conversations i've had is like decks like um emerald amethyst are really bad on the draw right and and i get it, it it's not it, they're, they're bad on the draw because they only have one linear play right like it, it really is just like play my guy turn it sideways and make my opponent like you know interact with me which is a great strategy on the play but on the draw they're just like there's no way for them to get ahead in most cases this is a type of card that later on in the game when you drop you know, your John Silvers um, or your Genies or things like that, explicitly like Genies and Tinkerbells and utilizing Evasive to like keep guys around after the fact, they're perfectly prime targets for White Rabbit's Pocket Watch. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you can just be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, play my tank, give something Evasive. And then like I can use my Evasive tank to take out a lower card or I can use my Evasive Genie to take out a lower card. And now they don't have an Evasive character to interact with my Genie. They have to have Burn or the damage on my card doesn't matter anyway, right? Like, if any time I can get more out of a card that already has a come-into-play effect, I'm all for it. The same thing with John Silver. Like, it's not super ideal, because it, it means they're likely just going to run into your John Silver. But if they have to, like, run into your John Silver and you still get to protect, like, your Cusco or your Mad Hatter or something like that that represents more lore over the course of the game, I'd rather use my 5-5 five five John Silver to get rid of a card and give something, you know, the, the like, the ability... I think it's a card that, like, Amethyst Emerald players should seriously consider playing. It's also a card that I would definitely be considering playing, again, like, in the Steel Decks. Like, this is a card that, you know, Tinkerbell on turn seven's okay if if I don't need to shift and give a rush. I just have Pocket Watch to effectively give it to her also, right? Like, it's just another line of play. So, this is a card, like, granted, literally, there's a... I think there's an entire video on the channel uh about this it was either a short or a video it was from months ago but like there's an entire video about this card uh and how good i thought it was three months ago and my my attitude doesn't change whatsoever this card's phenomenal like it it's mm-hmm. play more of it guys just play more of this card
1: and we know it sees play in one of the top decks already but right it's, right it, it, it's it, it's in the other decks that should right ride. it's well, it's like it's
0: literally in Ruby Amethyst and then nowhere else to be found. I just, I yeah. don't get it. I, I don't I don't yeah. get it. All right. So here's my last one. And this is the first one. It's like cheating. It's two of them. Uh, no. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> obviously, uh, Jasmine is one of those floodborn characters that I think of. I think she just her, honestly hasn't found a place. And for me, um, I tested her a couple weeks ago in the Emerald Sapphire deck uh, that was posted originally by First of Twenty, and I threw her in there because you know honestly I, I listen right I watch other content I listen to people and they say like, his thing was he, sh- he didn't want to go above five ink and I'm like okay well like what else can I play for for five ink then and that's why I went I looked and his deck I believe already had Jasmine in it I was like let me just try Floodborn Jasmine and. What I really like about this card is I think something that people aren't used to doing. Uh, so my playline for this card in throughout the league games I was playing was I was actually utilizing Jasmine as a challenger. So I would challenge with baby Jasmine, I would remove whatever two, two, or two, one, or whatever, or two, three, whatever was just left hanging around, and then I would actually shift out Queen of Agrabah on top of her. And repair her. And now on turn three, well, on turn four, you effectively have this 2-5 character that, you know, there aren't a whole lot of cards in the game that can remove a full health character on 2-5. So you end up getting the, the the ability anyway, but it also now lets you utilize, um, and this was specifically in certain decks, right? But like, it lets you utilize cards like uh, Rafiki or Zeus even better, because now on the following turn, you can utilize... Uh, you know, a, a rushing Rafiki or a rushing Zeus, and then you could quest with Jasmine and yeah. repair them. So I think this is just a line of play that, like, people aren't recognizing, and they're not, like, taking advantage of this actual ability, and I think that this is honestly, like, a criminally underplayed card as well, and having to play a three-cost, three-three with two lore is, like, not much of a penalty, right? I,
1: mean, I think some of the some of the underutilized shifters are underplayed as it is, and she's definitely one of them. Uh, because, because everything like a lot. What a lot of people look at shift and they think card disadvantage, whereas I look at it like tempo advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, if 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 like the three three is dead on board because yeah. they have like a three four. I'm just using stats. Like, sure, it doesn't really matter. Like the wardrobe, right? Like if. If you just became a two, like if the card's dead anyway, then it's just better to to be a two five in that situation, that can constantly heal, like that has additional abilities over and above what it already had. Like if if she's already just dead, then you might as well just make her better, who can now sing, etc. Where you're really only paying the three for it. Like I understand you're paying like six over the course, but you can't look at it like that. You have to you have to look at it like each turn being like, its own individual thing, and the playline that you mentioned is just, like, an insane playline where you have no disadvantage whatsoever, where all she is is basically again, exerted to be, you know, mallied away or something like that, but that's really, like, what people are thinking about. If she's able to stay in play against non-Ruby decks, um, like, she represents a threat that, again, has to be taken out all in one turn, or else she's probably never gonna out for a very, very long time, because... Right. She's constantly, like, just removing damage from your entire board every single turn, doing what she wants to be doing. Like, I don't think she wants to be I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think she wants to be challenging most of the time. So she's just going to constantly be, you know, taking damage off all your characters from then on out. So she has a very, very powerful ability. I think it's just that, again, the the metagame was just so over, like... Just Ruby Amethyst was just so over it that, like, it became like, I can't play five drops that can't compete with Maui, which there's none of, and things like that. So,
0: (laughs) right. I mean, Maui is just an anomaly. Like, (laughs) what are you going to do? Like, yeah, it's the same thing as Dragonfire, right? Like, I get it. Like, yeah, these cards exist, but eventually you get to a point. Um, and I think we can, you know, we can mostly close on this. Like, the way the meta has been shifting, um, Mm -hmm. it obviously there still has been successful ruby amethyst decks but you're starting to see kinks in the armor finally like there's been decks there's been line of play there's been you know all these sorts of things are kinking the armor finally and if we start seeing less and less of them then you have the have the ability to try out new things that you knew were bad into one thing but good into like the majority of other things and i think that's important is that particularly in in particular this card is great in against the uh the steel decks you know like if they just leave lingering damage around because you are like, Oh, I'll just pick it off with a smash or I'll pick it off with a fire of the whatever, you're just like, Well, yeah, drop my jasmine and erase your whole turn and thanks for hanging out with me.
1: You know? So And, she, and there's a it's a coming into play ability, not just a quest ability. Right, right. So it's not just like it's not just like that four cost Hans that you have to deal with, which is good. But like this is like, you know, if you shift, her, you can heal like four damage. Four. Yeah like very easily like yeah, yeah, yeah. without a doubt, without even like your line of like taking out something and then, then, then healing them. Like you can literally just heal four off guys all the time. Now, Absolutely. again, you are again, repeating your, you're competing with something. But I think there are, there, there is play for her to say, there is room for her to see play in the game. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: um, I think, and don't get me wrong. Like this is Grant. We talked about it already with the floodborne thing, but it's like, it's just another thing where floodborns as a whole are probably underplayed. And she is definitely in my opinion one of the top of the list because her ability is just very it it it's like it's awkward because we we talk about a lot of times where you just don't have this damage like floating around and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you can set yourself up. You can like you can literally set yourself up to have the damage to take advantage to put yourself in a better board state. And then, like, on top of that, you're just like, oh, now, now not, not only am I in a better board state, but now I have this new threat that, like, they have to worry about this now, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and then I still have this other thing that I just healed. So, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think those six cards, um, and I, for what it's worth, I do think there are more um, than the six cards that we covered in this particular segment here. But those are the six that, when I really went through the list and I said, you know, what... um what do I really want to give more of a chance? What do I want to take extra time on? Uh, You know, especially now, right? Like we we're six weeks into the metagame. We have a ton of information about all of it. And you can really start, you know, you probably know 55 cards, of your deck almost all the time. You're like, all right, here's 55 cards. What do I do with these last five slots? And I'm encouraging players to challenge themselves, to try other stuff, to like, it's just, true. just what, what, I mean, we have pixel born like access to it. Like literally right now, every, all 40 of you guys in the chat right now could be playing Pixelborn, and listening to us chatter like just take a couple cards out of your deck and try some of these cards and just see what 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 it can do for you see what matchups it's effective in see if you can you know really warrant the opportunity uh if you know that a certain card in in certain matchups just are like just falling falling victim and the other key thing here is like when you're making those choices players often try and like increase their odds in a matchup by like one percent in a bad matchup and i think that that's a waste of time most in most cases so i would be taking those cards out of my deck to make my my particular matchup better against other matchups rather than trying to salvage a matchup that's like i don't know 75 25 or 70 30 like going to like 32 percent is not good (laughs) no i agree i agree um if you have been following around the entire time here, for whatever reason, if you're not, hit subscribe, uh, hit a like button for us. Hope you guys did enjoy this. And let me know, um, you know, if you're watching this after, if there's a card that you think is definitely better uh, that we missed. I'd love to hear it.